Sometimes you're flush and sometimes you're bust. And when you're up, it's never as good as it seems. And when you're down, you never think you're going to be up again. But life goes on. Remember that. Money isn't real, George. It doesn't matter. It only seems like it does. Well, let's get started. I'm Eric Hume. I'm Adam Short. Here again. And our, our second live episode. Second live episode with one of our regular and one of our most uh, most talked about guests, certified therapist, Josh Silito. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. So let's uh, let's dive into it. So live, what do you want to talk about tonight, Josh? What, I mean, it seems like we're in this weird, like, post, now that school started, are you seeing a lot more anxiety, a lot more trepidation? Like, what's going on? What, what are you seeing on, on your side of the side of the uh, desk or, or couch, I guess? Very good question. Well, um, for, before I answer that question, I'm going to ask both of you on yes. how it's question going with your kids, with the transition, with school, with family life. Can I answer first? I have less kids. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go ahead. my wife... Uh, so my wife uh, has is kind of the principal of our school, and she's done a really great job in setting our kids up for success. They all each have their own uh, workstation, and all of our kids have the necessary tools. So they have like uh, file cabinets, pens, pencils. They're all like decorated desks, uh, desks, and um, and so I would give all all the credit to my wife. I'm like the booster for the school. And my wife is like the principal. So um, in that regards, I feel like it's it's like it's manageable. Like that first week was there were so many technical difficulties. And and I'm more like, hey, let's just roll with the punches. It's going to work out. And so I, I didn't really stress out over it too much. Um, and I but I know that for like, you know, like my oldest, he's he's a little bit more confident. He's very tech. All my kids are tech savvy. And now we've got them set up and um, I still don't hear a lot of like engagement coming out of things. And uh, and to branch side branch, I've talked to a couple of friends who are teachers and and heard of their frustrations. And that's who I lament the most, because I feel like the kid as kids, they can kind of pivot a lot easier. But as uh, as teachers and adults, it's harder to pivot especially in a profession that you've probably been in a while. And so you have a certain rhythm and cadence and certain styles that you are probably have find that uh, are hard to um, pivot with this adjustment. So. Yeah. Huge shift. How about for you, Adam? Dude. So I, once again, just like Eric, I got to give all the credit to my wife. She's, she's home. She's, uh, she's doing it. She's doing the work. She's putting in the time. Um, it's, I, 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 the biggest struggle that she's expressed to me was mainly just keeping everyone on the right times when their Zoom start, when they go, this and that. But one of uh, my kids' teachers, it was a very big deal for them that some of the teachers are just like all the way through, like no breaks, get it done, few hours on the Zoom, getting assignments in, knocking it out. Uh, one of my, I think he's in second grade. Do I, I lose track. <laughs> but you, you, have, my, you have a menagerie over there. Yeah. My second grader, uh, he, his teacher, after about an hour, they do a 10 minute break. 
and she wants them. She tells them, walk away from the screen. Go walk outside, walk up around your house, go get a drink in the bathroom. Go do, don't look at a screen, go do something else, get some fresh air, be back here in 10 minutes. And I, I really think that that very wise teacher, I, I think that's very smart to take a break, get your eyes a rest, go do something, go look at something else, go talk to your mom, do whatever you got to do for 10 minutes and then come back. And she's finding, and my, my wife is seeing this, that the kids are a lot more like, um, they're, they're more focused. focused or involved. So when the teacher starts a new assignment for the new, for the next hour, the, the kids are a lot more in tune with what the teacher has to say. They're listening better. They're not jumping around in their seats. They're a lot more calm and, and the teacher can get her lesson across a lot easier. So it's easier for the teacher and easier for the students. I can understand the teachers who just want to knock it out and be done with it. And maybe that works for some of the older kids, but for the younger kids, I think it was, I think that was very wise of her is to give that, those breaks. Once again, it also, I think is a lesson for us in our life. Sometimes you got to walk away from some of the things in your life at that very moment, just take a break, get some fresh air, come back. I do that at work. Sometimes I walk out my office and I purposely walk through the shop, go check on the guys, go outside. Sometimes I have no reason. I just walk around the building just because to give my eyes rest and then come back to work, you know. Very smart. Very smart. I heard some teachers um, talking about trying to do that with kindergartners. <laughs> oh, geez. And that's a, that's a, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do oh, online kindergarten. That's, that's crazy. But I don't know how you do kindergarten in a room. <laughs> <laughs> Besides online. A lot of poopy pants. Oh, geez. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this because I think it's still kind of early on of trying to figure out what's going to happen, how it's going to play out. Some people are starting to settle in a little bit, even though it's only been a few weeks, a couple of weeks. Um, but I was likening it to, you know, if you've seen some of those asteroid movies where the whole world's going to get destroyed, Armageddon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Impact, yeah. I'm like, there's this, this asteroid that's hurling towards us. And we know the school year is going to start. And we're all trying to figure out how bad is this going to hit? Oh, yeah. What's the fallout of it? Like, are we going to survive it? Yeah. Or, and uh, that was the mentality. And I mean, or still is the mentality like, hey, maybe the radiation's going to get us from this <laughs> asteroid. Exactly. And so it's coming. You see it coming. So everyone's panicking, racing, especially right before it happens. And then there's like that moment of calm where it's like, no matter what you do, it's still coming. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then boom, it hits, you know, you're, you and your family are like running up the side, you know, getting away from the, the tsunami that's coming. And, and maybe for some people it's like, okay, maybe the asteroid split into smaller pieces. So it's not like as big of an impact, hopefully. Yeah. And they come out of it with the, the waters were rising, but now they're starting to subside. And now they're like, okay, now we can rebuild. Yeah. But it's different. You know, it's different than how it was before. And, uh, you know, maybe that's a horrible analogy, but that's kind of what I was thinking coming into this was now people are, are figuring out how high the waters went. Can we survive this? And then how do we rebuild? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's next? Some people are having more success than others. Um, for those families that are single parent homes and the mother or father works, 
I don't know. I haven't, I haven't communicated, um, gotten enough feedback or information. Well, that gives an opportunity. My oldest daughter that we've talked about before that just graduated last year, obviously she's, she's not enrolled in college or anything and she's just kind of working, but she's been able to go. There's a few families that we know that, uh, both parents work. So they've hired her to come in. And even though that their kids are old enough to be left alone, they're not, they wanted someone there to make sure they're on their Zooms at the right time and be there to. That's the hall monitor position. Yeah. I could kind of just there to make sure help out if they need it. Not, not really tutoring, but so, so that creates an opportunity for maybe some young entrepreneurs out there to get out there and say, Hey, I'll come by make sure the kids are on zooms and stuff like that. You know, another line of business possibly, you know, but, but she's been able to make a little bit of extra money by going over to their homes where they're gone at work, making sure they're on their zooms, make sure they're doing their work, checking in on them, making sure texting the parents, Hey, they did this, they did that. But tonight they have to get this assignment done or whatever. Cause there are kids out there that, you know, I mean, parents know their own kids if they're, straight up honest or, or not, you know, I mean, bottom line. So there's some kids that you, you can trust and some, sometimes you can't. Well, so are, are you seeing a lot of parents that are, 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 are reaching out to you or is it families and, and they're and like, so like parents and their kids who are struggling because as much as we think that kids are just, you know, an online generation, they've all got smartphones, we all play video games um, I, I still see the, you know, I, I could see where there's still a lot of anxiety out there in the fact that they're like, I don't know if I'm doing it right. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no, inst- like, you know, even having, you know, you talked about the parents that, you know, have a hall monitor there or even the parents that are there and they're trying to figure out their schedules if they can be there is, you know, that has that ultimate question. I hear this question a lot. I don't know if we're if we're doing it right and so like i don't know if we're going to screw up our kids we won't know until like months from now and and then to kind of follow that that rabbit hole and like you know my kids aren't going to get an education da, 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 da. so I, I think the good thing is is that everyone's thinking that yeah i mean there's not too many people parents teachers even that are thinking like am i doing this right Am I meeting certain standards? Am I like, no one knows how to navigate this and, and that's okay. Yeah. I, I think being okay with not knowing or needing to know everything, it goes back to that word of uncertainty um, that we talked about previously. Yeah. Um, so it's okay for us to not have all the answers right now and whatever is working, we can build upon that. Whatever is not working, we can try something new. I think what would be really helpful for especially parents, um, but also with students as well, teachers as well, is to um, not get down on ourselves or be very hypercritical of what we're doing or not doing. Like know your intentions, know what you're trying to achieve, what your values, what your goals are. But that inner critic shows up so easily. Let me give you some uh, feedback. Some of our our, our listeners and um, first of all, uh, Eric Forbush says uh, sweet shirt, Josh. Um, <laughs> Erica Pick says uh, anxiety, depression, frustration, 
and the inability to express their emotions to their parents. Um, you know, like I use the word engagement and, and, and that's what I struggle with. Even when I'm teaching a class and it's on zoom, whether it be youth or adults, um, on, and the, the listeners want you to talk a little bit louder because you're on Facebook live as well over here. Just, I guess you direct it a little bit more inflect here, Eric, I'll move you closer. Oh, oh geez. We, we even broke yeah is uh oh there we go oh that looks great josh you look so buff there <laughs> is uh they can also go to podbeam and check us out live there is uh you know i think that's like in, like that's why you don't know like that feedback and talking to some of the teachers they don't know like uh, and, and then there's actually there. So before, uh, one of the different things he talked about is actually disciplinary. Like, you know, when you have a student that's in a class and they're disrupting the class, you know, you have to stop class to take care of that. Now technology, you kick them out, kick them out. Yeah. Mute them. And, and so that, that changes a little bit. So, um, you know, those are some of the things that, 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 that I'm hearing a lot of especially on the teacher side, we wish we had more training, wish we would have been more prepared. Um, you know, and I, and I think parents feel that way too. They're like, I wish we would have been more prepared. And, and anytime there's a technical difficulty, it's, it's difficult because it's not, you know, like we have three kids that go to three different schools. And so, and Adam's got seven kids, well, six kids that go to, you know, six five. different schools. We have five in school. I have two that aren't. Do we use that or? Oh, you got to no, no, no. Yeah, we have one that's still, still young. So, well, even for ones that are still young, you know, I saw a post today about a family and they're celebrating the opportunity to go to preschool, and and everything's different, right? Usually, you have your little ones in preschool, and you want to have them prepared, and then you get your older kids, and da 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 da. And we just we just had Ray and Connor in here talking about sports. And, and like, have you talked about, have you had any th feedback with that? Cause I know for sports, like for me personally, sports is a great release. Like that's a good way that I, I think I stay chemically balanced. So. Yeah. I mean, there's a few things that you kind of brought up in that, you know, one with the sports is, yeah, I've talked to some teenagers that are pretty bummed. Maybe it's their, you know, senior year, maybe they're coming into high school and they're excited about this whole experience mm -hmm. and it is not what it used to be. Yeah. And, and maybe that's what, maybe that's what helped them with their own identity at that time. You know, I'm a soccer player or I'm a, you know, I'm a musician. I play the flute. I, you know, I do this or that. And now that's stripped away from them. That was kind of their, you know, in the midst of going into this social territory that you're not as familiar with, or maybe, maybe you are, but that's how you identified yourself. That was your protection that was your health and your self-aware self-esteem. That's okay to have that as at a certain level. Well, your social network too. That was your social net. That was your yeah. net. That you was know, your you're going into this new school or you're going into, I think every year, like even when you're in high school and it comes every time is like, Oh, you know what? I don't know if, what classes I'm going to have. I don't know who's going to be in my class. I don't know what challenges I'm going to have. 
And then, you know, you're, you're like, well, Adam will be my friend or Aiden will be my friend or Josh will be my friend. And, and, you know, those are some of the relationships. And, and that's one thing of having online school versus physical school is I think kids are hopefully, and I think even families, I think this applies for families and the kids is how do we still maintain social networks? How do we still maintain our social connectivity? You've talked about that many times is, you know, we have a, we have a, a need to be even more connected now being socially distanced. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's something that we've discussed multiple podcasts is trying to figure out how do you, how do you have that connection while at the same time maintaining, maintaining safety and security and um, just the changes that we do have. And that's something that a family, I think, ultimately has to figure out. They have to become creative about. But I, I want people to understand, too, is that, uh, especially mothers, I would say, is that, you know, we can't do everything. Like, you just can't possibly make everything happen. Expectations is so key during this time. Yeah. Because we can create even, like, way more stress than we actually have to have just because of the expectations that we have, the expectation of perfection. So I like to so, kind of... Yeah, how do you pack that up? So, I, I mean, I like to break it into maybe two categories. So one, when you wake up in the morning or even the night before, think about what is your primary intention? Meaning, like, what's the, what's the primary thing that you want to focus your time and energy on? Then look at the secondary intentions which are maybe the things that aren't quite as valuable that maybe still need to happen, okay? If your primary intention going in is maybe today I'm going to make an extra effort to figure out how my kids are doing, you know, outside of school, just how are they doing in life? So I'm going to pull them side by side, you know, one-on-one. One, one on one. Um, or maybe my intention is maybe I want to do one positive thing for me self-care something like going for a walk going for a run like what's what's my primary intention and then you can do the secondary intentions all surrounding that so that you don't feel like a failure at the end of the day you actually feel like you're maintaining momentum you're increasing and actually going towards a goal something greater than yourself mm -hmm. um, you can get bogged down with you know unless i do x y and z hundred things and you miss out on two of them you think it's a trash day and uh, I think that's something to be aware of I think a lot of people feel that way they they get hung up on that one or two things that that didn't happen that day or wasn't affected like hey I, I really meant to do this or um, I know like even running errands like sometimes like you get so bogged down with different IT uh, problems that, uh, um, you know, it, that they miss out on, oh, you know, all these great things happen, right? We, it's, it's easier to focus on the, on the car crash in NASCAR than it is the guy who's drafting it correctly. Have our listeners saying anything? Uh, any some of our listeners, listeners, yeah, so Erica commented, you know, how sad it is right now not having extracurriculars. Um, Sid said, why do the schools allow elementary and high school kids to be taught from laptops for long periods of time, 45 minutes, 
uh, six classes per day sitting. Is it too long for kids to be exposed to uh, a, to be attentive? Is it not like what? How's that? How do you think that's affecting their their ability to focus? And will this develop into a psychological issue? That's a really great question, Sid. I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, the timetable he feels like should only be allowed to be, you know, 20, 30 minutes, which I've, I have that too. Like some of the training I had for Zoom meetings, even for adults is your meetings shouldn't even go over 20 minutes. You know, watching even YouTube videos, you know, it's hard to even focus for more than 10, 15 minutes. But I mean, Sid asked a really good question. No, do you, it is. Yeah, do you think there's going to be some, uh, you know, long-term effects from this? You know, I don't even want to call it coaching, or I don't even want to call it the zooming in. I guess. I guess that's probably going to be a new word. No, yeah, and and we're facing a possible. If the fall gets any worse, we could be facing the whole school year like this. Yeah, they're saying. I mean, that. there's a possibility. I, I hope not. I'm not. I don't want to be that doom and gloom. But with the whole year of this, back to Sid's question. Yeah, that's. Have you have you ever dealt with 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 maybe teenagers that have that? Like, hey, they're on their phone all the time. The parents. I know as a parent that can be frustrating because you're like, you know, for our generation, it was, you go outside and play. Like lights come home. You know, it was, it was a different era. It was different things going on. Um, you know, for sure, we, we didn't have video games that connected us with our friends like they do now. But do you think of, that there might be any, you know, long-term, like, withdrawal symptoms because of this? Good question. I haven't done enough research on, say, for example, um, technology and school. But I, there is quite a bit of research out there when it comes to like technology addiction. Yeah. When it comes to pornography addiction, when it comes to, um, you know, people unable to, they become very, very numb when it comes to, they, they numb using electronics. Um, I don't know how it's going to play out, maybe even on a physiological level with having this much technology, this much online. Yeah. Um, I know some some kids are having huge headaches, like they're getting headaches from trying to concentrate that long. Like, I don't know if, especially in certain age groups, I don't know if we are actually developed to actually maintain that type of focus on a screen, light coming into our eyes, and try and and trying to um, also retain information, yeah, and, and recall it later on, like that that's not how we usually learn like or, or, or hear information we noticed in the first week that uh our kids are their ears would get red from so we switched up the headphones but it still makes me think you know what you're not used to you know i know in some jobs they have ear protection but in this like you talked about you're receiving information so how is that info what is that going to do physiologically? Like, you know, uh, you know, both cause you're talking about eyesight and hearing, you know, that could be a huge, a huge issue in the future. I, I know for me, I do telehealth, you know, I'm just doing online sessions right now. I'm not doing any in person, um, currently. And, uh, yeah, those can be really long days. You know, you're looking at yeah. the, the oh, laptop yeah. 
and you are really doing everything you can to emotionally connect with your client in front of you. And, and each person is that person that you care about and that you're trying to help them through that, that journey. Yeah. And, and it's a new experience and, and some situations are more difficult than others, more emotionally, mentally draining. And it would help. And in the past when I was doing it in person and telehealth, just even having that switch yeah. to where yeah. you had both and you had variety. I mean, that helped me, that helped me to feel more alive, more refreshed. Um, I wasn't, yeah, I was able to respond even more effectively. I would say having that variety and maybe that's something in the future too. Maybe you with school, maybe there's some hybrid that can take place. Maybe we can take some of the positive things um, like classroom management, kicking kids out <laughs> And, and then the in-person side, if we, if we, if we have to at least have a hybrid rather than just everything online. Yeah. Well, so some of our, our listeners are like, uh, Erica's like, I agree with Sid. I hope they make changes in needed with the computer learning. It's hard to concentrate. Sid's like, yeah, my eight year old son is already complaining of headaches. Mm -hmm. Wow. And in the lighting in the room, uh, versus lighting on a, on a computer screen has issue that our eyes have to adjust, you know, and I, I think that's a, I think those are, we're going to see that play out real quick and hopefully they'll, they'll be able to make changes. So they, they may need to go out and get some blue blockers. I wear those at work. Yeah. Our, our kids do actually, our kids actually wear, uh, they have, it, it's glasses, but it's, um, it's to reduce uh, blue light. Yeah they're, yeah, they're clear. I, I don't wear prescription glasses, but yeah. I, I wear glasses if I have to be on the screen for too long. And it, yeah, it does that. Yeah. No different than wearing safety glasses at work or anything else. It, it may be part of a, a PPE for computer work. Yeah. You know? Sid says that the eye nerves, uh, the eye nerves and the brain nerves are being affected. So that's what, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, maybe look funny. into some of those glasses, Sid. Well, and, and I think too, I, I you know, I, I think maybe helping coach people on some of your experience, like you said, with technology addiction is, uh, you know, that's a great thing. And maybe they incorporate more PE. Like we have a lot of, um, I know our kids go outside, we'll hit the trampoline or ride bikes or, you know, we'll do something like you're talking about, you know, walking around the building oh, yeah, something. And so our kids are really good about that stuff. But, you know, even with this whole quarantine period, we end up inside and we end up, you know, you know, end up kind of having the walls just become like ingrained. Like you almost feel like you're in a suit by that time. Yeah. And, and I, I would say going along with that is that, um, Yes, we need we need to take breaks. We need to get out of that situation. Even before we went online with telehealth, or sorry, with uh, you know school online. Even before that, I felt like kids need to have more recess. Kids need to have more yeah. time outside of the classroom. So even before we got into this situation, I just felt like kids um, were spending way too much time just sitting in the classroom, trying to absorb information. But that's not how. That's not how we're really meant to learn. Yeah. Um, like, I, I mean, I have my six month old and she is learning like crazy. And how does she learn? Well, she sticks everything in her mouth. She, <laughs> she, she's holding everything. She's hitting things. She's 
she's interacting yeah. and then she interacts based off of, off of our emotional cues and, and nonverbal cues, yeah. tone of voice. And like, so this interaction of both physical, emotional, mental, like using as many senses as possible and then creating an emotional memory attached to that, something that she connects with, she learned this and now she's connecting it. She's building off of that. And that's how I think we need to learn as well. When they, when they deal with, um, if there's like traumatic brain injuries, there's some clinics that you go to and what they do is they really try and activate all parts of the brain. So they might be balancing on something like have to balance on a balance board, you know, while they're, while they're catching, you know, some balls while answering questions like they're, they're doing all these things at the same time because it's creating this neural pathway that's connected around the trauma. Yeah. Why wouldn't it work for someone that doesn't have trauma? I don't know. That's Why? a great idea. That, no. So my, our, you know, your friend and my brother-in-law, Ben, used to be a, a, a lobbyist for the Alliance for a Healthier Generation nonprofit. And they always had a lot of studies that if you increased PE time or recess time, it actually increased the students' academics because it gave them a release. And I, and I think that, you know, we're, you know, it just makes sense. So, um, especially if someone is, is diagnosed with, sorry, that's with right. ADHD, uh, then exercise is so important and taking breaks and being active will actually help with the focus later on. Yeah. But if you don't have that, it's, it's not going to happen. There's also that comes, okay. When you work hard, sometimes you get a bonus at the end of the year. So psychologically, you relate hard work to an influx of income. There's an award there. Same thing with school. You work hard, you do well in school, it comes with an award. Maybe not that kind of a, like maybe just the, the praise of the class, the praise of the teacher, being there to know that I worked hard for this test, I worked hard for this assignment or this thing, and they get that by being at school. I think that award type thing is is not there. I don't know how they're able to portray that hard work or praise that hard work online or through a Zoom. Did, did that, that, that you see what I mean? That makes complete sense because like, and te I I've talked to a few teachers that have been trying to figure out how do I do that yeah. with my kids? Like, how do I show that I care for them even on a one-on-one -on -one basis when it's, it's through a screen now. So it's like, how do you interact with well, that? Well, same how with you your patients. How do you show that affection, that love, that understanding to whatever they're going through, through a screen? And I'm sure that's a challenge you have. It, it can be hard. It's, I, I would say it's extremely hard, maybe as a group, if you're the teacher trying to individually connect. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can yeah. generally, like I've heard teachers saying, few teachers that are like man this is great with the you know team with the management Oops, yeah, yeah. And, and just being able to coordinate things and have it online and they can check so they're not constantly asking me like so there's positive things about it but when it comes to that one-on-one -on -one praise that one-on-one -on -one reward um i think as humans we need that yeah. i mean i mean everywhere in our life i mean okay eric even owns his own business but there's a level of praise when his business is doing well his 
employees, his realtors sell those homes. They make close those deals. Those things are happening. I've been sitting here in the studio and I can hear him get excited when that those kind of stuff happens. That's that award. That's that praise that they feel it. He feels it. I get it at work. Students can get it at school, but I don't know if you can totally get it through the screen. Well, and the other thing you don't get to the screen. So you talk about hearing me on the other side and, and Erica, if you could chime in, if you could, uh, if people hear me in the office, but, um, is, is energy. That's what I think, like, you know, we talked about in sports and you're being surrounded by your fans and you're, and same thing in school, you're surrounded by your peers. And as a teacher, you're surrounded by your students is how do you, uh, that's, you may be able to manage things in groups, but as energy level, I, I see that as just devoid. I see the zoom just, just void of the energy level. Like there's no way that I can, I can push my energy level through a, through a video camera and, and, and into someone. And, and there's that something special. I don't know what it is, but I, I definitely I, equate it to energy. I think some people can do that. They have that talent. I mean, there's actors and actresses. I've seen movies that are moving. They, they make me cry. They make me laugh. They, they bring out an emotion. So there is an ability, but I, I don't think I have it. I would like to think I have it through this microphone. That's true. Actually, you know, we do pump people up from the microphone. We try. But I'm saying it's been a learning process for even for us, oh, though. Oh, for sure. And so I think for teachers, just imagine how many tens of thousands of teachers there are to be able to to figure that out. And then also how the kids have to figure out. How, because if someone is, is sending the information or sending the energy, you've got to figure out how to receive it. And so... Um, I, I do have a positive side to all of this in the way oh, of I have uh, talked to a few teenagers that they've actually found it very beneficial. Uh, maybe they're a little bit more shy. So they found it actually pretty beneficial to be able to email the teacher. They feel, they feel like more, they have permission to, or maybe to their message the or maybe their concerns are better heard because they're getting that. They're able just to pinpoint like, Hey, this is what I really, my concerns this are. Is my, yeah. And so they can, they can go one-on-one -on -one with the teacher through an email or through contacting that way which they would have never done before, right? Uh, so that, they yeah. wouldn't have done that. That's a good and then point. just the fact that the teacher responds to their particular question can maybe get some of that praise or some of that recognition. Mm, so that's a positive side of it. The other side of it is, yes, it is hard to have that energy flow through the screen, through the mic. Um, at the same time, you can like, at least with the telehealth, like you, you can still tell if someone really cares. Yeah. Like if someone really cares, like you can, you can start, you can feel that, yeah. especially if you're looking for it, if you're looking for it, if you're open to it. Um, now boredom might get in the way of having that energy get through, but at the same time, there's certain moments where that energy will be crucial yeah. and it will happen. Yeah. That, that's my belief. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Another positive note, something that I've been doing through especially with this quarantine and trying to is I, I I've, I've always had a passion for history and I love going back but I've been aiming towards areas of history that had they have gone through the same thing mm. so obviously I, I I've been reading up on uh, the
the influenza flu of uh, 1918. But another one that was a huge thing that, that really hit me and the, the kind of leader that we had at the time was uh, Theodore Roosevelt during the polio oh, yeah. effect. And one thing that he even created at the time that I never put together was the longest or the, the oldest uh, fund or uh, foundation was the March of Dimes. That started with him to raise money for polio. But polio was so bad it was attacking children and it was just killing them. And it, it was just all over the place. And they didn't know, they knew very little about it at the time until they came up with the vaccination and they worked really hard to, to solve it. But the thing that it brings me hope through history that we can get through this. It's a challenge. It's a challenge to try to teach our kids online. It's a challenge to, to, to get through some of these issues that we're going through. It comes with some anxiety. It may come with a little bit of depression. But the hope there is that if we look in our past, we've gone through these things before, is humanity. We've gone through it, and we made it through. We lost some lives. We learned a lot. We came up with vaccinations that we, we completely solved the whole polio thing. But, but today... We have a new challenge, and it, it, it is a challenge, and we we can get through it. But it's been giving me hope to read up on these things, read about the stories. And they had it just as bad. They had it, or maybe even a little bit worse. There were some uh, horrible stories of, um, there was one story that I read of polio. His, his son uh, passed away at home, and he had nowhere to take the body. No one would take it because they were so scared of the disease. And he, he, he uh, walked around New York City trying to find a place to take his son's body. And, and, and just those kind of events that, you know, horrible, sad, but should give us hope that our, you know, we'll be able to get through this. You know, things can return to maybe not exactly the way it was, but we have to, we have to grow from it. We have to develop from it and become better. And I, I, I think our kids will get back to school. Things will get better and, and, and we'll get back to what we think is a normal life. But, you know, that's what's helped me. So if, if, if people can find, you can find audio books. You can, if you enjoy reading yourself, read up on some of these things. And, and it, it will definitely educate you that, you know, this isn't the first time we've gone through stuff like this. And I'm glad you brought that up too, Adam, because that's actually a very powerful psychological trick if you want to call it that um is to actually look in your past so for resilience to look in your past to figure out where have been some of those hard points that i didn't think i could make it through it and yet i did like somehow i made it through it and like life was okay like i came out on top i learned from it and and being able to reflect on those those moments of overcoming um can help us in the future can help us now and in the future to be like, if I went through that in the past, I can do this. I can, I can get through anything, whatever it is, you know, cause that was horrible back then. Yeah. I can get through this. So that was a powerful psychological, you just extended it out to history in general. Yeah. Yeah. This is amazing. Like that's, that's but you're talking maybe even looking back in your own life, in your own personal situation. For sure. That's awesome. So Josh, if, if, if people want want some help, what's the easiest way for them to get hold of you? 
you talked about the telehealth. Is that is it you know FaceTime, Skype, <laughs> Doxy.me. Doxy.me <laughs> slash Josh Silito. Silito therapy. Okay. So that I mean that's the the online waiting room that I use. But the best way to get a hold of me would probably be silitotherapy.com. Okay. Um, my last name S I L L I T O E. Um, silitotherapy.com and it has you can email me, you can contact me. Um, yeah, there's many avenues to get a hold of me. So. And, and so are you dealing with a lot of maybe relationships right now, too? Are, you, are there a lot of people struggling with their own quarantined uh, relationships as well as, I mean, we're talking about some of the, I, I think, you know, anxiety and depression is like kind of a sexier thing. And then the backside is nobody wants to say, hey, our relationship's hurting. Do you help a lot of people like that as well? Yeah, I think during the pandemic, it opened up that for a lot of people because they were stuck with each other yeah (laughs) like we can't take it anymore right so the things that they've been putting on the back burner for so long it came out and (laughs) and that's what we're working through we don't have a marriage problem okay now we got to stay home all right we have a marriage problem (laughs) (laughs) um i will share this last thing before we maybe close out but um if that's kind of where we're wrapping up but we're wrapping up um i would say um, during this time, I think we've all learned that family and relationships are the most important thing, like when it comes to it, like family and relationships. And, and if you have a relationship to a higher power, even more so that's a relationship. And so relationships in general are, are the most important thing. So I've been having weird dreams where I'll have random people show up in my dream that I haven't thought about forever. And I've made it my goal that whatever random dream I have, if someone shows up in my dream, I'm going to contact them. Oh, wow. Great. And uh, we're hopefully. So if I get a phone call in the middle of the night, be like, Josh, man. Josh, <laughs> I made it to your dream. Yes. <laughs> but, but I think it, it's amazing how that kind of works out because there have been some, some pretty amazing conversations that I haven't talked to people in you know, five years, 10 years, whatever it is. And maybe that was some, something that they needed. Maybe it was something that I needed. But I guess my main point is because relationships are so important, especially now, whatever grievances, whatever resentment that we have towards someone, like, let's, let's work through that. Like, let's get rid of that. Like, let's break down the barrier because there's something more important at the end of this. Yeah. And now is the perfect time because people are more open to this. They're more vulnerable they're seeing it more. So now is a time for mending these relationships, whatever they are. Um, I promise that it is worth it. it is totally worth it. I see it every day. And when those relationships come together, it's gold. It's better than gold. So yeah. um, I just want to put that little plug in. Um, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Well, I, I think ending with that silver lining is the That's best great. way to end. Yeah. Josh, we appreciate you so much for coming on. You've come on many times before, and we hope this can be a habit. I do have to ask one little question. Have you have you gotten any clients or anyone that has listened to the podcast and that have contacted you? I have had a, a couple of people listen to the podcast. Um, but, but they but were no, already clients. But, but no, one has, <laughs> no one has, no one has, yeah, has come wanting to have therapy because well, of this but i appreciate the he's got some free he, well, he's given out free. some free uh coaching i can i can vouch for that he some free consultation because of the podcast well we enjoy having you on 
and I know our listeners do too. We yeah. do we do get a lot of feedback, even though that they they're not knocking down your door yet. Uh, we enjoy their feedback, and we enjoy everyone that listens in and and leaves a comment, sends us a DM or a message or an email, and uh, we're grateful that everyone that participated in this tonight. Uh, we got a lot of good questions. Yeah, we got a lot of. I really appreciate everyone watching and and listening in. Thank you, Josh. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.